So my sisters and brothers, um, as we've begun over these last weeks, we want to offer a special prayer today for the people of Israel in Gaza. It would appear that um, the storm and war is growing even more difficult. I called Habib Curry this week just to check on his family. He is the man that did so much for us over all these many, many years for our tours took care of us and guided us and helped us along the way. He said, Jerusalem today is a ghost town. Ghost town. Nobody on the streets. He said, every one of the sacred places are locked shut, except the sepulcher, the place of the passion and death and resurrection of our Lord. And in the sepulcher, there's one or two people My sisters and brothers, we have to be people of peace. We have to do everything we can, certainly in our own lives. But we must also be attentive to the people of Israel and Gaza. They need our prayer. They need our love. And they definitely need our support today. So I promised Habib that I would ask for your prayer once again today. That we would somehow as a community of faith be a strong voice to our God. Pleading for an end to that disastrous war. And that somehow, some way, they could find harmony and live again in peace. So I'd ask you to do that. Once again today and through this week, it's very serious. It's a disastrous time for those people and they need us and they need our prayer. Secondly, this week, on Monday, I got to tell you, I was rocked to my toes I got a message from my dear friend, Father Bob Dowd. He's been made the president of the University of Notre Dame. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, that's huge. I mean, that university is, is the Catholic university in America. Sorry if you've been someplace else. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> but I just, I'm amazed at it. I'm simply amazed that this good man who came to us 27 years ago, he was just a very young priest, spent five years here, did his best, got his doctorate at UCLA. It was hard study, hard sledding, but he was able to do that. And today, he's been named, and on July the 1st, will become, I think, the 18th president of the University of Notre Dame. That's powerful. He'll be out here after Christmas, so we'll be able to salute him and honor him in a special way. One little thought I have is, uh, I remember Bob, um, on one of his Lents, we 
always used to share our kind of practice during Lent together. And I said to Bob, what are you doing this Lent? This is what he said. He said, you know, uh, I go to dinners and parties and events during this time of year, nearing Easter. He said, there's always a person or two that's kind of outside the group. Doesn't feel as welcome, not as much a part of, of whatever was going on. He said, I'm doing my best this Lent just to spend time with that person. To go to that person, not the most popular person, not the one that was throwing the party, the person who was least honored, and just spend a little time with them. That's the quality of the man. It's the goodness of our good friend. I believe with all my heart he'll be an extraordinary president. And we're so grateful to God that he's been chosen. So pray for him, because he needs it. A lot of prayer. The gospel today is a beautiful gospel. And of course, I'm leaning on our dear father, Francis, because he has such an incredible insight that I want to share with you today. First of all, he uh, went out to this, uh, the creche that's out in the big area before St. Peter's. And it's beautifully done, beautiful creche. And he said, you know, this is the reminder to us of God becoming flesh, Emmanuel. But he said, let it also be a reminder this year of the great struggle that continues to exist there. So when we look on the crash, we see it in our homes and in our churches and wherever we are, let it be that reminder. Emmanuel with us, but indeed our need to make sure we care for those who have so far less this year. And I do believe that the gospel is about John the Baptist. It certainly says that all the sinners went to him. So if I was alive, I'd be out there. You know, you, you don't go to something like that unless you feel that you have a need. So I think this time of year should reawaken in us our struggle, our sin. The uneasiness that, that's in all of us as we go through our lives. And that we need to go out to a place like where John was. And somehow be restored, renewed, reinvigorated with our relationship with our blessed Lord. Secondly, it's certainly about the humility of John. John said, I'm not even worthy to tie the shoes of this man who's coming after me, who's much greater than I am. He will baptize not with water, repentance. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit. He's the one. I'm not the one. He's the one. How about that? Do we do that? Or do we say, oh, look at me. Look at me. No. He's the one. That for sure is part of the gospel today. But 
I read this morning this incredible thought from Francis. He's been talking a lot about silence over this last while. And I didn't quite understand what he was, what he was saying. I didn't get it until this morning. He says, in the Baptist, in this moment, in the history of salvation, the desert is the place where silence prevails. And yet, we have the voice of the Baptist. So how do we connect those two together? Silence and his voice. And this is what he says. When someone cannot afford to dwell on useless things, but needs to concentrate on what is indispensable, that's the desert. The desert is the place where we concentrate not on all the frivolous stuff that gets in our minds and hearts during especially this season, but on the things that are indispensable. Francis is telling us we must reverence the desert. We must go out to the desert. We must find in our lives some place for silence so that you and I can put aside the useless things and look at the things that are indispensable. And then he says, freed from superfluous things, we dig deeply within ourselves to hold on to what is really important before God. If we are people of silence, if we take some time for silence, those things that distract us will be let go. And we will look deeply inside our lives. And we will look for things that are indispensable. How we love our God. How we treat each other. How we believe in who we are. How we act in our relationships. What we do with each day. Those are indispensable things, my brothers and sisters. And we only get the opportunity to look deeply into that if we have in our lives some opportunity for silence. Then he says, the more that we attest to useless things the stronger, the stronger is our attraction to them. But if we let them go, the stronger the word of God prevails in our life. That if we take some time, if we remain in silence, if we allow ourselves some little 
time each day when we can just reflect. God's word will emerge from us. And this is the stinger. He says this, Francis. If someone does not know how to be quiet, it's unlikely they'll have something good to say. How about that? I think it's true. I know it's true for me. I know it's true. If there's one thing, I mean, I've done all kinds of crazy things in my life, so trust me, I'm a sinner. But if there is one thing, one thing that I've neglected most is silence. The opportunity to hear that word, to go deep within us, to be able to understand the goodness of our God and then to be able to say something that has value. That's the Baptist. He went to the desert. He was in silence. He spent time with God in order for him to be able to speak those words of preparation, of repentance, and of life. Oh, my brothers and sisters, we've got to hold on to Francis. Amazing man. I've often wondered, how does he come up with all these incredible things each week? That's the secret. He spends time in silence. He listens. And when you listen, all you hear, all you hear is the words of our blessed Lord. I love you. I love you. That's what we need to hear. So I hope on this second Sunday of Advent, we'll spend a little time in our deserts, whether it's in Dana Point or Santa Monica or the world, that we'll spend a little time in quiet reflection and that you'll encourage your pastor to do the same. I mean, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to meet my maker. And I, I hardly know him. So let's pray together. Pray for peace. Peace in our land. Peace especially in Israel and Gaza. Let's pray for Bob Dow that he becomes a force for good in this world. And let's pray together today that we'll take some time in our desert and come to know the depths and the love and the goodness of our God and of each other. Amen. I love you.